check your All right, let's go. <clears throat> What's up, guys? My name is Brian. I'm your host of the Dirtbag Chronicles. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm extremely happy that I am here. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to share this moment with you guys. Uh, this is the opening of the Dirtbag Chronicles, episode one. Um, <clears throat> so I just kind of want to jump in. So what this is all about, you know, I've got a lot of comments and people come up to me and say, why would you choose the the title Dirtbag? Well, because I'm a recovering addict. And this is going to be a podcast dedicated directly for the suffering addicts, the addicts that are in recovery, and just the low life people that have come back with stories that are amazingly told and that need to be shared. So uh, let's get into uh, what does a dirt bag mean? And uh, kind of looked up uh, what does a dirt bag mean on urbandictionary.com because the internet has all the answers and Urban Dictionary has all the slang terms. So let's get right to it. So on UrbanDictionary.com, shout out, uh, a dirtbag is a person who is committed to a given, usually extreme lifestyle to the point of abandoning employment and other societal norms in order to pursue said lifestyle. Dirtbags can be distinguished from hippies by the fact that dirtbags have a specific reason for their living communally and generally non-hygienically, and dirtbags are seeking to spend all of their moments pursuing their lifestyle. And I kind of wanted to go back to that, that last little phrase right there. Dirtbags are seeking to spend all of their moments pursuing their lifestyle. And a dirtbag is lost in active addiction. A dirtbag has done things that they are not proud to tell others in a form of saying, this is what, this is where my morals stand. This is where I am, I am proud to be at. So when we're living that dirtbag lifestyle and we do some, uh, some horrible things. And, uh, before I go any further, I want to make sure that, uh, everybody knows this is going to be some extremely graphic content. Uh, there is no censorship here. Uh, the stories that you're going to hear on this, this show are definitely going to make you shake your head, look down on some of these experiences that we're going to share. Uh, it, it's going to make you look at us a different way. But all of that judgment, that is for you to judge. And, and I, I strongly suggest that you have no judgment on anybody that comes on this show and or, and or myself as well, uh, because I'm going to be very raw. I'm going to be very real and I'm going to be 100 percent honest with uh, all of my my people that follow me and support me and, and that want to uh, encourage others to do the same. Um, you know, this is kind of where, uh, I came up with the, this whole idea, uh, was, um, I wanted to dedicate this podcast to addicts and recovering addicts that have lived that dirtbag lifestyle. 
And, uh, you know, I have some <laughs> dirtbag shit and I can't be the only one out there that has had these experiences. So I'm sure that there's many of you, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, just about everybody in the world can relate to not just my experience, but anybody that I have on the show, you can relate to that experience as well. And, uh, that, that's what we're doing, you know, in, in my program that I'm working, uh, you know, the, the, the first step to all of it is becoming honest. And, and, and when you, when I become honest, I can share things that I'm not proud of. I can share these stories and share my experiences with people I don't even know because I'm okay with it. And so being honest on this show is going to, which I hope that it helps you become honest with yourself as well and know that it's okay to share the dirtbag shit that we've done in our past. And it's okay. And this is how you make amends to it by reaching out, being vocal, telling people what you've done, you know, and, and I'm not saying you have to tell your deepest, darkest secret, but I am saying in a sense, just be honest about what you have experienced and what you've done and, and the, the, the power of letting that go and be in, in accepting that and being okay with that is probably the, one of the strongest strengths in the world and in this physical existence. So, uh, like I said, the guests that are going to be on the show, they're going to sh share that dirtbag lifestyle. And there are probably going to be some war stories or whatever you want to call it. But what we're also going to share to back that up is our comeback story, how we overcame these struggles and what we had to go through to realize that we were even dirtbag lowlifes. And uh, so that that is the most important part of this whole podcast is to hear about the failures, hear about the trials, hear about the tribulations, but then also hear that one success to those million fails. And that that right there is the miracle, you know, it, it is to be able to be sitting here and tell you, look, I fell down. I busted my ass. I, I, I went through prison. I went through a divorce. I went through breakups. I went through losing my kids. I went went through losing every important relationship that ever meant anything to me. And by that happening, it also allowed me to understand how important some of those things were. So that is, that is the gist of it. Like that is what's important of, of this show is to hear that there are other people out there and they are failing miserably. But to know that the miracle can come from that, and the comeback is coming. You just have to stay focused. You have to stay moving forward. That is where the miracle happens. You know, the miracle is not the outcome. The miracle is the process. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be sharing the process with you and, and what can come out of that process. And so, um, but uh, all right, so let's move on. And so, you know, some people ask why I wanted to name it Dirtbag Chronicles, and I kind of just went over that, but I'm going to go over that a little bit more. 
And that's because I feel like this show will allow others to be honest. And when I say others, I mean other past dirtbags. You know, anybody that comes on this show, I, I mean, I can't say that anybody that comes on this show isn't a dirtbag. But they are doing things to come out of that dirtbag lifestyle. And if they haven't, I definitely want them on this show. Because that's going to give them that chance to be raw and real and honest. And, and actually allow others to see what the fuck they're actually going through. You know? And because that struggle is real, y'all. Like, I, can't, I cannot explain that enough. This struggle is real. And I'm going to kind of go over the statistics of uh, here in a little bit of like how many people are actually dying of overdose. You know, the fentanyl epidemic is is insane, bro. Like it is killing people left and right. Like every second of the day, somebody's dying of a drug overdose, of uh, opiate overdose. Of, or, and if they're not dying physically, they're definitely dead spiritually you know but um this show isn't for everyone and if it's not for you i know you know someone else that it is for so i ask that you share that and and invite others that are that are definitely going through this struggle to um come and watch and and listen and maybe this could be the saving grace um, but you know, being honest is part, uh, being the, the being honest part is the understanding of where I came from. And I want to admit that to others so that I can move forward. And so anybody on the show, that's, that's the purpose of that is, is allowing others to, to be heard so that they can move forward and move on. Uh, cause if you can't be honest with yourself, you'll never be honest with anyone else. And, um, so it just start, it starts here, starts now. Uh, so the guests that I invite on this show, they will tell some stories that might make you blush or shake your head or even frown upon. But this show is a source for us to move past that and help others know and understand that they're not alone. We are not alone. We have each other. We all are one. We're all connected. And we all share these experiences in, in life together. So let's try to make it enjoyable. All right. So if you've never lived a life of addiction, this will be a show hard for you to accept. These stories <laughs> just might be absurd and that's okay. Uh, if you don't like it, don't watch it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to comment it. You don't have to support this show. But all of you people that are out there that can relate to this shit and, and, and get something from it, I ask for your support. I, I beg you for your support because I can't do this alone. I need you. So please share this. Please like it. Please comment it and help me move forward. Um, you know, uh, understand that there are tons of people. And when I say tons, literally millions of fucking people out there suffering right now in this moment. And it's sad. And your voice could actually be the voice that helps others, that saves a life. And if all you had to say was a simple phrase like, I love you, I'm here for you, I support you, and that saved a life, come on, man. That like that doesn't cost shit. 
That doesn't cost anything. All you have to do is tell somebody you love them or, or, or give them a hug or, or lift them up some way. And, uh, that's what we want to do here on this show. So, uh, <clears throat> kind of get into the statistics as I was talking about. So the overdose statistic, and now I got this from Google, so <clears throat> you can look it up yourself, uh, but Google's always right, right? I mean, anytime I've got a fucking question, I ask Google for the answer and it gives me a good enough answer for me to move forward. So uh, I'm not sure exactly where this statistic came from, but Google, but the overdose statistic is around 107,500 people die in a 12-month period, and this is as August 31st, 2022. Now, here's the crazy part. At a rate of 294 deaths per day. 294 deaths per day. That's insane. And like, the biggest strength there is you. Like, all you have to do is like, reach out to these people that are suffering However you can use whatever source you can, whatever tool you can, whether that's a, a, a message on Facebook or, or a text message or a phone call or just stopping by the person that's outside the gas station or at the light panhandling and trying to, to, to hustle up some kind of dollar so they can get their fix. Like I understand, man, I've been there. I have been suffering like that. And I'm sure a lot of you have too. But just let them know that there's hope, man. Uh, come from a dope dealer and become a hope healer. You know what I'm saying? Like, like lift these souls up, man. These souls depend on you. They're counting on you. And you never know who could be in that disguise of that physical body. Like, that, that could be your guardian angel. Right? Or that could be that boost of motivation for you to move forward in your life by, by just helping someone else. Um, so, uh, I also want to, uh, <clears throat> kind of go into a little bit about me. <clears throat> uh, I did this on, uh, it podcast when, uh, I first got out of, uh, the reentry program and, and shout out to it podcast. Uh, they, that team has really helped me get started and, and moving forward. And, uh, I couldn't get any better support. Uh, but, um, so my name is Brian Donahoe. My ADC number is 171488. Um, I just did a two year, uh, uh, bid down there, down at, uh, Grimes unit and reentry, which that reentry program, uh, really, uh, helped give me the resources and the tools and the mentality and gain myself back spiritually and all of the above. So I want to shout out to ADC. And the next shout out I want to do is shout out to my snitch. Uh, the person that told on me, uh, thank you. You saved my fucking life. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. <clears throat> like, I don't know who you are. Um, and I uh, can't even put a name on it, but if I saw you and I found out who it was, I'm probably going to hug your neck off in love, not anger, because dude, you couldn't have told on a better person because you didn't just save one life. Like you probably are going to save thousands and thousands and thousands of lives for telling on me. 
for turning me in, probably to save your own ass from jail time or whatever it is. I don't care. But hopefully I can turn around and save you too. You know what I'm saying? If you're still out there struggling, maybe you're not. Maybe you're doing great and and all of the above. But uh, So my name's Brian. I'm 36. I've been to Arkansas Department of Corrections uh, twice. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily your violent criminal. Uh, the first time I went down, uh, uh, I went for a domestic battery charge. Uh, it's not something I'm proud of. Uh, you know, this is the, this is the kind of, uh, attitude and, and behavior that comes with being a fucking dirtbag. And, and this podcast is to tell the story and be honest about that dirtbag lifestyle. These are the chronicles of a dirtbag, you know? So, uh, so I did, a did, uh, I got a three year sentence for the domestic violence charge. Um, uh, you know, just it was, it was horrible. It was, it was all over alcohol and, uh, but, but my addiction started way before that. I think my addiction probably started when I was probably always been an addict. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's just, it's a disease and, and that disease, I don't know if I completely agree with it being genetically or whatever. Uh, but you know, I'm sure there'd be some people that could come and fact check me and tell me that, oh no, it's all here in the brain and it comes from the long line of family. And because I come from a good fucking family, like my family are, you know, they're, they're, we're privileged, I guess. Uh, we have great morals. They, they, they come from hard work and, and dedication and taking care of their family. And, uh, you know, they're, they're highly looked upon in their society and community. And really I'm the black sheep, I'm the black sheep of it all. Um, but I, I was asked a question, uh, a couple days ago, which really struck me kind of hard. And, uh, that question was, dude, you had a, Okay. So she, she messaged me and she told me, she goes, like, I don't understand where it came, where it went all wrong. Like you have a great family. You're good looking. You're, you've had everything you ever wanted. You know, you had great support. Um, why did you turn to drugs? And, um, you know, like I had to think about that a couple of days and I don't think I, fall under the category of at that time when I started using drugs as using to cope with trauma or cope with uh, feelings that were, were just making me feel depressed and, and like shit, you know, like I used, I started using when, uh, I was 14. Uh, I started smoking weed and, uh, you know, the hard drugs, but, uh, <clears throat> And it gradually went from uh, pot to alcohol. And <clears throat> I used to become popular, I guess. Like I used to, for social status, to gain friends, to hang out, to, and really it was because I was bored. Now that I'm older and I look back at that, like it's because I'm fucking bored. 
But, uh, you know, then it went from, it went from pot to alcohol, uh, which it actually started with cigarettes. You know, like I can say that like cigarettes was the gateway to everything else. Uh, but, um, I started, uh, popping a lot of pills, like, and like I was the drug addict at that time, which I didn't really understand what a drug addict was, but like. I was the drug addict that would go look through the medicine cabinet and just take a bunch of shit that I didn't even know what it was just to see if I could get an effect on it or just to go through like the motion of like popping the bottle, popping the top off the pill bottle and just fucking eating as many of them as I could. And then telling my homeboys about it, be like, yo man, I just, I just ate like, 25 vitamin C pills. Like, <laughs> I didn't get anything from it, but whatever. But I would tell them like, I'm so fucked up right now. <clears throat> but, uh, that's where it really started, you know? And then it, it, when I was uh, 16, uh, <clears throat> I really started like dabbling with like Coke and, um, MDMA, um, <clears throat> uh, ex ecstasy, um, I was drinking a lot more. Uh, like I was pretty much quit going to school. Uh, you know, like, like that's where all the behavior came from. And really it was to fucking be cool, uh, to, to be socially accepted and, and hang out with that cool crowd or, or whatever, because like I wanted to be cool, man. Like, I don't know how other way to say that, but, uh, <clears throat> And then when I was 17, uh, <clears throat> after I had done an experience with like Coke and X and, and, uh, Molly and all that other shit, uh, like I was ready for another feel like, a, like I needed to feel something different. I wanted to experience all the drugs and, uh, I, uh, smoked, uh, meth for the first time, which, you know, meth eventually became my my DOC, my drug of choice. And, uh, but that was for years to come. And, uh, but, uh, <clears throat> so really all I wanted to do was just fucking party. Like I wanted to, to party, party, party and, uh, hang out and, and have fun or whatever. And like, if I would have known what I know now, like that wasn't having fun. Like that was going to lead me down a life of agony, of pain, of suffering. But, uh, I'm still fucking grateful that I went through that. Like I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't change shit about what I went through. I wouldn't change anything about it. But so, uh, when I was 20 years old, I moved to West Virginia, uh, Parkersburg shout out. Um, uh, and, uh, I met, a, met a girl up there and, uh, I was still smoking a lot of weed. Like I was a pretty big piehead and, um, I started selling a little bit of weed and, and just kind of making a little movement in that community with that. Uh, I was doing okay at it, I guess. I mean, whatever that fucking means successful at drug dealing, but, uh, <clears throat> and so I was still drinking a lot. I would drink every chance I could get. And, uh, I started mixing a lot of Xanax, uh, any kind of benzo really like still I'm like anything I can get my fucking hands on. 
I'm trying to pop because I'm trying to feel good. Like when I feel good, I can be socially accepted and I can have the balls to say whatever it is that I want to say and I can be loud and I can all this other shit. So really it was uh, the addiction came from wanting to be socially accepted because like growing up, man, like I was kind of a fucking dork. <laughs> and I gladly admit that, you know, like I was picked on uh, a lot uh, and it was because I was socially awkward. But like once I put that, that, that drug in me or that alcohol in me, uh, like people liked me or they didn't like me and I just didn't give a fuck if they liked me. And that's kind <clears> of <throat> where that came from. And see, talking about this shit, like, like, this is probably the first time I have come out and said all this shit. And like, it makes me feel fucking good. So the purpose of this show is fucking living up. It's exactly what I wanted to do with it. I want to make this show as real as I fucking can. And I want to start it just like I would do the last show as the first show, which I'm sure the progress on it will get a lot better. But advertisement, you know, this show does cost me fucking money. And uh, I want to try to try to get you guys to follow me and like me and boost this up so I can gain a sponsor. Uh, I would like gain, to gain many sponsors so I can put advertisements out there. And then I would I want you guys to buy whatever the fuck it is that I advertise. So this week, this show is sponsored by me, myself, and I. So go to IndieMusic.org forward slash dirtbag and order our merchandise. We've got cups, coffee cups, t-shirts, hats, bandanas, stickers, and even wanting to do panties and underwear. So find it as sexual as you want, but it is what it is and it ain't what it ain't. So we just want you to represent the Dirtbag Chronicles and your comeback story of that Dirtbag life if you were so caught up in that. Also, huge shout out to Indie Music Studio. They are a nonprofit and nonprofits clearly are not in business to make a profit. So the studio is actually needing your support and your help. So go to ndmusic.org forward slash donate and make a fucking donation. It's not that hard. You don't need the Starbucks coffee. You don't need the pack of cigarettes. Put $5 towards something that is positive and is providing a message and helping. I mean, they do music therapy here. Uh... They do podcasts, they do recordings, band rehearsals, all kinds of things uh, to help support the community in a positive way. So fuck your local drug dealer, come support your local studio. I'm in West Virginia and uh, <clears throat> I'm with this, this girl and I knock her up. And I have a child. Um, you know, this is part of the show that like it's hard to talk about uh, because this is that real raw, hundred percent honesty shit. 
that is very uncomfortable. So I don't know who is listening or who will listen or who I'm telling all my dirty secrets and airing out all my laundry, but I've come to a point in my recovery where I don't give a fuck. Like this isn't for you. This is for me. And if this is the avenue that I choose to take it and you don't like it, go ahead and pause it, stop it, throw it away, throw your phone at the fucking wall. This is for me, not you. Hopefully you can use it for you. Um, My son is 13 years old. Uh, His name is Brayden. And if you ever watch this, Brayden, I love you with all of my heart. I've never forgot about you. And I'm so sorry for not being there. But God had a different plan for me. And God has had a different plan for you. And that time to make those amends to you are going to come. And so I'm very, very grateful for being able to say this on camera. But anyways, um, me and his mother fought like nonstop cats and dogs. And uh, when we would argue, I would be drunk or and or on Xanax <clears throat> and I would go butt fucking wild. And the cops would get called. Well, in West Virginia, if the cops get called to a domestic, somebody's going to fucking jail. Somebody's getting charged with it. They don't play or take that lightly as they should. You know, domestic violence is a serious fucking issue. And it's the main cause of that is usually induced by alcohol or drugs. And so that's how, that's my story. And that's how, uh, the domestic started. Um, I said a lot of hurtful things and, and used physical force, which I'm not, I'm not proud to say any of that, but Over and over again, uh, I think I, I didn't, I don't think, I know, I got a two domestic, uh, domestic batteries against uh, my son's mother. And both times, it was all induced by my addiction. And being in that addiction, you know, that causes me to be a fucking dirtbag. Like, that is dirtbag shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, no matter how much I wanted to change that, uh, that, that dirtbag tendency, I couldn't because I didn't understand that I was being that way because of the addiction. But, um, I decided to go to college and me and his mother split and I moved to, uh, Nelsonville, Ohio, where Hawking College is and was 25 years old, living in the dorms, selling as much cocaine as I could, uh, as much weed as I could, as many fucking pills as I could, uh, selling anything I could possibly sell 
just to feed that addiction. And I was doing really well at school at first. And the the grades were up. Um, all of these things were up. And I'm going to see if I can't find the mugshot of um, the end of this uh, little college story. But I was getting hammered drunk and ended up catching a public intox, which the story on that is pretty funny. Um, in the dorms, we're not supposed to have alcohol or anything. And <clears throat> I, I don't really remember all the details, but I'm going to try to tell it the best I can just for your entertainment purposes and mine too. But I was up in the uh, the like kitchen area and I fell down the stairs and like smashed my face on this. And I hope we can find this mugshot because my eye is just fucking swollen black and blue. But <clears throat> I fall down the stairs, hit my face and who knows what kind of shit I was talking or whatever. But uh, they called the cops on me because I'm standing out in front of the dorms with my pants underwear, pants, everything at my ankles and I'm pissing and I'm wobbling and I just fall straight down on my face and I'm just laying there and this is fucking Ohio. It's cold as fuck, but I didn't care. Uh, thank God for the alcohol to keep me warm, I guess. Probably my own piss, but whatever. And so <clears throat> they call the cops on me and I make it back to my dorm, walk down the hallway and everything and I'm in my dorm. I probably had done forgot about all of that whole thing that just happened, but I'm in my dorm and the cops are, I didn't know it's the cops at the time, but, uh, the cops come and knock on my door and I'm like, keep on knocking, but you can't come in. And, uh, <laughs> they're like, open up. It's the police. And I'm like, keep on knocking, but you can't come in. So finally I open the fucking door and uh I tell them all to come in. I'm like, all right, y'all come on in, come on in. And as soon as they got in, like I opened the fucking door back and I was like, now get the fuck out. And like, so by that time, I have these cops like laughing hysterically. Because I guess they understood that they are on a college campus and college kids are gonna be college kids. But uh I'm so wasted, so fucking wasted. My roommate my doormate he is they ask him and they're like hey will you watch him so we don't have to take him to jail and he's like fuck no <laughs> so like that just shows you like you know i was fucking shit-faced i was drunk and who knows how many fucking pills i'd ate that day but um they take me to jail they book me in uh and again if we can find that mugshot that'd be great but, um, you know, that part of the story is like, just shows like I have a, a son. I have all these like real responsibilities, but I'm so caught up in this lifestyle that like, I don't give a fuck about any of that. Like all I gave a fuck about was getting high, popping pills, trying to, 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 to explore sexually. You know, I tried to use that whole term most respectfully, respectful way I possibly could. And uh, I didn't care about the responsibilities. And that's what it, that's what a dirtbag is. 
like a dirtbag is like where you're stuck in that lifestyle and you push everything that is important or morally uh, right to you that you, that I, that I had been taught, you know, and I can only speak for me, but I put all that to the side just to feed this dirtbag shit that I was so caught up in and so attracted to. But uh, I lose the, I, I get kicked out of school for that whole arrest. I lose uh, my my dorm. I, they, I mean, they fucking kicked me out of school. There's no way, no other better way to say that. So I moved back to Tulsa and or moved to Tulsa, stay with my mom, and I get a job. And <clears throat> I'm still drinking. I'm still drugging. But uh, I've moved away from my son, and that was like. To me, it hadn't hit home. It hadn't been real yet because I was still caught up in the the lifestyle of just fucking off, not being responsible for shit. And when I go to Tulsa, like it puts a space between me and his mother and, and my son. And now she has full control, total control over everything. And so fast forward a little bit over the years. <clears throat> We, uh, we're, we're still on this no talking and I, I guess it had been a couple of years since I had talked to my son, maybe not that long, but, um, they, <laughs> I get a phone call one day and it's his grandmother and they, she tells me, Hey, I just want to let you know, um, your Brayden has been adopted by Lindsay's husband. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I remember I was driving the day and I had to pull over on the side of the road and like it hit me. And I was like, fuck everything, you know, uh, fuck it all. And so I drank more and more and more. And that was my excuse to drink. And then one day somebody introduced me to methamphetamine. And I think I'm like 27 at this time. <clears throat> and so I'm getting high as fuck. And like, when you first start getting high, you can't handle it. And like, so I'm like getting high off of just a little bit all day, every day. And my eyes are fucking bugging out and everybody knows I'm high. And I'm thinking nobody knows I'm high. You know what I'm saying? And so I started off with a great job. Uh, uh, you know, I'm working for my dad as a, uh, uh, doing sales, business to business, selling technology, IT. I've got my own apartment. I've got a truck. I mean, I've got all this shit. And as soon as I started touching the dope, like all my attention, all my focus went to the drug addiction. And then everything else fell behind. Like, so all of this shit that I had, all of these, these aspirations and goals that I was trying to achieve, all that shit went out the window and the drugs just took over. And before you know it, I'm fucking homeless without a vehicle and I'm living on the streets and I fucked up all the relationships that I had. And especially the most important one, which was with my dad, because that was my, he's my rock, man. Like, like a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, 
are mama's boys. Well, I'm not a mama's boy. Like I'm a daddy's boy. And like, I fucked that up and that shit made me use more. You know, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to use this and use this and use this and use this. And so it started filling that void that I wasn't getting from the relationships or the life or the career that I had once looked so highly upon. And so now I'm running the streets with all the other dirt bags in the town. And uh, I get introduced to the needle and I'm sold on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck smoking it, fuck snorting it. Like, that's no fun. I can shoot this shit and it fucking hit me like that. The rush is awesome. And now I'm with the big boys. I'm I'm up on another level because I'm doing dope the real way. You know, that's the sick shit that I was thinking. And um, so, you know, one thing leads to another. And <clears throat> eventually, you know, I'm going from hotel room to hotel room, uh, traveling with a backpack no matter where I could go. And... getting kicked out of the hotel room, having to be out by 11 o'clock, having no fucking money, not having a cell phone, uh, walking wherever the fuck it was I needed. And I, and you know, at one point, like I had a dog and a girlfriend and I'm trying to take care of fucking two other beings. And when I can't even take care of myself and I'm just trying to feed my addiction and feed my addiction. But, uh, so anyways, you know, I'm I'm kind of all over the place, but this is the first time I've really ever told my story and I'll probably have to pick this back up on another show, but this is just the reality of what it's like to be a fucking dirtbag. And there's hope at the end of this tunnel. You know, there's, there's, there's so much fucking hope. We're just, when we're lost in that dirtbag lifestyle, when we're lost in that addiction, that active addiction, you know, we can't see it because our eyes are closed, you know, and it just takes something to happen for you to understand that you're at rock bottom, you know, and I was listening to something the other day and it was talking about rock bottom, you know, and your, my rock bottom might be different from your rock bottom, but rock bottom, what it is, is when something happens that brings you to an understanding that enough is enough. You know, rock bottom isn't when you stop digging or when you've lost everything and you've gone back and you've lost everything. Like that's not rock bottom. Rock bottom is that understanding of like, fuck, I've got to do something different. Like I'm worth more. Rock bottom is finding that value and worth in yourself and being like, this ain't it. This that's not what the fuck I'm trying to achieve in life. So when you find your rock bottom, when you when you come to that understanding, whenever it's time, right now might not be your time. Fuck, this life might not be your time. But when it is time, remember that it's not anything that happens to you. It's that that duh moment, that aha moment. Of like I'm yeah, finding that that worth and that value in yourself. So that that's my definition of rock bottom. But um I really, really uh hope that 
you guys are going to be able to gain something from this show and and be able to take whatever it is and pass it on because you know it's not i think with the program what it talks about is the only way that we can keep what we have is by giving it away you know and that that's the secret and that's all i'm trying to do i'm just trying to provide a resource for others to gain something from this and and move on and uh, uh have that rock bottom understanding of what the fuck's really going on. So there's plenty more to come. I really appreciate uh, all of your, your time and, and just uh, paying attention and, and listening. And I hope you liked it. If you don't go fuck yourself. No, I don't really mean that. Uh, but please go to my uh, Facebook page and like my page. Fucking do it right now. Support me, please. Fuck. I don't know any other fucking way to ask you for that. But uh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, shout out to ND Music. Thank you for letting me come here and record today, giving me the opportunity. Shout out to all the recovery uh, uh, addicts, recovering addicts in the world. I love you guys. Shout out to the motherfuckers still out there struggling. The struggle is real. We love you. Reach out. Thank you very much. God bless.